Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. Good to see you again. How was your week? Well, <laughs> so I just the only thing worse than our government right now is not having a government. The prospect of not having a government, which could happen and not having which an economy. could happen like <laughs> tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this on Thursday. And I mean, we know that the Republicans are more morally bankrupt, but now we are all going to be literally bankrupt when the U.S. defaults on its debts for the first time ever on October 18th. And it's really hard for me to overstate what a disaster this is going to be if it does come to pass. And, and I'm sure they'll just... figure out a way to blame us. So I don't yes. have anything funny to say about that other than no. Absolutely not. Okay, so this is Nope, the podcast. The podcast <laughs> where we shut it down. <laughs> Just a couple of New York Jews Talking about the news Beating back the blues We made a podcast and here's why Had to laugh so we don't cry Come and join us for the ride Welcome to Nope Okay, Rachel, um, let's, uh, let's start out with some uh, personal stories How was uh, your week? Anything interesting happening? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I probably should not be telling the story, but you know what? Who cares? Um, I'm in a bitter feud with my parents' neighbors in the Hamptons. Oh no! Be care- um, tread carefully because this could there could be blowback from this because you might go out and live there again, and who knows what havoc they could wreak on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. The feud started over a year ago. I'm just going to tell the story. What tell like, like what it happened, is? You know, no, 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 truth, spin. Yeah. <laughs> no, spin no spin zone. zone. <laughs> So <laughs> the feud started a year ago when I was out walking Coco and she was barking in front of their house because they have this large German shepherd that really freaks her out, right? So the husband is this 50-ish meathead type and he comes running out. And at first I thought he was being friendly, but he was a total dick and was like, my kids are trying to study. You got to get this dog to shut up. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And I was like, I'm aware of that. My husband was just in the hospital because of the pandemic and I'm sorry Coco's being so loud and then he grabs Coco's face and hits her I think I've talked about this before yeah, on the podcast. yeah. <laughs> you tell this story and you but I was really arrested, shaken yeah. yeah I called the cops the cops came so anyway I thought that was done fast forward to now wait, wait, and I'm just and getting... you th- wait and you think you weren't in a feud with him then something happened something <laughs> no. like wait no hard feelings you grabbed my dog's <laughs> face and I called the police on you but we're all good come on over for We're to play good. bridge like no it was just kind of like a cold war but then like it heated up again <laughs> okay, this week <laughs> okay so i'm just getting like every time i walk around the block um i go to my parents place on the weekends you know and i every time i walk around the block i'm getting annoyed because their dog this german shepherd flies out of the bushes and there's an electric fence but it literally looks like i'm about to be attacked by a german shepherd every and it's, in, time. it's and invisible with the electric fence it's invisible, invisible right oh, so coco doesn't yeah. know the difference it looks like she's being attacked Yes, it's very scary. And sometimes I'm prepared for the onslaught and I can like, I have time to like gird my (laughs) loins. Other times I'm totally caught off guard. So last week I was walking around with AJ and boom, the dog bursts out like a bat out of hell, just like barking (laughs) and going crazy like meatloaf. And so I scream, I'm like pumped with adrenaline because I feel like I'm being attacked. I'm just like, ah! And I was like, this is unacceptable. I can't take it anymore. And nobody appeared to be home. So we keep walking around the block. And then when we get around the block the second time, the wife of the guy who I called the cops on flies out the front door and starts screaming at me in front of AJ. Granted, I did call the police on her husband. So clearly we were never going to be best friends. call the police again. Every time they speak to you, (laughs) you should just get a restraining order. (laughs) I may have to. Okay, let's still hear the rest of the story. So I don't think we're ever going to be like 
buddies, no. but like this was out of control. She was like, I don't want to see your face. I don't want to hear your voice. I want nothing to do with you. And I was like, I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> like, but the problem is every time I pass your house, your dog scares the shit out of me and my son. And she's like, well, then don't walk past my house. And I was like, I will walk wherever I want. I will talk to whoever I want. I will show my face wherever I want. And then the husband comes out and he starts yelling at me that I'm a disgrace to Cornell University and should turn in my degree because apparently they're both alumni. <laughs> and now I'm like, I want to turn in my degree because I'm like, these people went there. Oh my God. Right. So oh I was God. like, so I was like, Oh sure. Jan. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Bye Karen. And like, I walk away and I was so enraged. I was telling my parents, other neighbors about what just happened. They were like, um, excuse me, but after what that guy did at the block party, he has no business telling anybody who should and should not have a degree. And I was like, what did he do at the, at the block, block party? party. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he was totally wasted and sexually harassing people all around my parents' block, men and women grabbing boobs and dicks. <laughs> What finer way to celebrate a neighborly block party than grabbing boobs and dicks? And so he had to be like carried out. Meanwhile, I was there for a little while, but I left early because I was getting bad vibes from a lot of different people there. I was just, I'm very like intuitive and I just like felt it's time to go. Right. So AJ and I left early and then I found out that this happened. And now the coda to this story is that there is a drone in my parents' <laughs> backyard caught up in a tree. Oh, I <laughs> thought you were going to say a drone to hovering to like surveil your property. Well, I think he was, I think, I mean, cause now his drone is in their tree and he can't get it out. That's so okay. Anyway. My parents once found, once found a pizza on their roof, like a, <laughs> like not a box. Like someone had like frisbeed a pizza. Our neighbors, Did we didn't get did along. With. Yeah, we didn't like oh. our neighbors, and I didn't like each other. So, and they had teenage kids. I bet they threw a pizza on our roof. What a waste of a pizza. <laughs> Okay, that's a great story. Okay, anyway, that's what happened to me. I'm still like when I tell the story, I get I get like reactivated. I'm like still enraged. Like turn in my degree. Like okay, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, let's go to the notes, Rachel. Uh, why don't you start? Okay, yeah. So this is our dry heave segment where we discuss um, how the garbage monsters from the Trump administration are continuing to cause us indigestion i guess no dry, latest, dry heaves it dry is what heaves, it is vomiting yeah, yeah. so and the latest <laughs> cause of our nausea substanceless um, substanceless vomiting just sub right just traces nothing. of traces of bile perhaps. bile it's stephanie grisham um do you remember her Brian? no is she stephanie related grisham? to john grisham I don't think so. She was Melania's press person. Oh, right. Remember? The Melania's right-hand person, right? And she write a book or she had a book or? she. Well, there were two Stephanies. There's Stephanie Winston Walkoff. Oh, wrote right. Melania and me. Um, and That's now there's Stephanie Grisham. Of. Yeah, who's okay. the latest one to betray the the Trump family trust. Um, so she was Melania's press person. And then she transitioned to be the White House press secretary and proceeded to hold zero televised press conferences. <laughs> Yet she had the chutzpah to call her 352 page memoir that just came out. I'll take your questions now. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wait, oh this, you'll take wait, my questions this, now. now? <laughs> A little too little too late. But wait, like, so is this, what, did they do something to the hierarchy? Like Kaylee McEnany was one of those people, but wasn't this yeah. like the executive of above her who didn't actually tell like who I don't remember what the structure was it was always changing no she was the White House press secretary for a while okay and she just until didn't the give end a briefing. right yeah she just never gave a briefing so um I will never buy her book and I'm sure that nobody who listens to this podcast would either um and thanks to reporters at the Washington Post and the New York Times we don't have to because they read it for <laughs> us and revealed all the good details um so here is everything you need to know about about Stephanie Grisham's experiences as press secretary, a position that she did not leave, by the way, until after the Capitol riots. She and stuck in there. She was committed to her she, art. She, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the first revelation um, is about Trump's hair. And I'm always here for like a hair 
Oh, totally. You know? No, we've done many segments on the hair. Yes. So Stephanie Grisham says that he cuts it himself with That's a huge a... pair of scissors. <laughs> a huge pair of scissors. Why do you need a huge pair? I mean, he has a normal amount of hair. Is it like the angle that he needs? Like extra she, leverage? I don't, I have no idea, but she said it's like the type of scissors that you would use to cut the ribbon on a, like one of his buildings. <laughs> Maybe that's the only scissors he had. Maybe, right. Melania, what's in the kitchen drawer? Just these, don't <laughs> So, um, I mean, his hairstyle is terrible, so that's Melania not surprising at all. <laughs> well, it, it was, you're trying, listen. Oh, yeah, for effort. Okay. So, um, and remember back in 2019, this is the second fact that I'm going to reveal. Um, remember in 2019 when Trump went to Walter Reed Medical Center for some mysterious reason, people thought it was because he had a stroke or a series of mini strokes. Stephanie Grisham says it was a colonoscopy. That's no big and deal. People get colonoscopies. Yes, people are supposed to get them on the regular. And most people do this type of thing with general anesthesia but Trump went without it because he was afraid of having Pence in power even during the time that he got a colonoscopy. So, um, how long does it take? I haven't had my first one yet, but what, what does it take? Like 10 minutes? Like, how long yeah. to like, put something up your ass? Like, I think it's like maybe half an hour max. So, oh God, okay. Okay. So. So there's that. Then when Bush Sr. died, the staff, uh, the Trump staff arranged for the Bush family to have use of Air Force One, but they deliberately left out the fact that the plane would be carrying the former president's casket. Um, and Grisham says, we knew he wouldn't be okay with oh, that. Dead bodies, no, death, sickness, no. those things creep him out. And he also didn't like the Bush family. So they lied to him <laughs> about that. Um, and this is crazy. Um, Stephanie Grisham says that Trump once called her from Air Force One to assure her that his penis was not small or toadstool shaped like Stormy Daniels had alleged in an interview. Oh, I didn't know that was an allegation that had been hurled at him. Yes. Wait, was so, it that it was both small and toadstool shaped or... One is it both. either or both? Okay. Both, but he was denying both to his press secretary. I guess he needed to get the message out. <laughs> should she choose should, to have a televised have a press, press conference? conference? <laughs> and that came up. <laughs> she needed. She needed to know. Um, okay, and so this this last thing is the piece de resistance. Um, at one point, Trump's handlers designated a White House official, known as the Music Man, to play him his favorite show tune. <laughs> including memory from cats to pull him out of the brink of rage wait, wait, um wait <laughs> wait trump wanted this this was trump's like self-prescribed like no trump's staff knew oh, they... that these songs soothed him so they designated a white house official called the music man who turned and was it out like to a be... playlist that just like subtly like came on in the Show background tunes. yeah no i know but or the like the guy walk in with a spotify playlist or was they there a dj with their like, turntables it oh yeah. it was like in the it was like there was sonos in the in the oval office yes and they're like calm down they now mr president it. right memory <laughs> yes <laughs> would he so, like swoon would his like demeanor change immediately he would just he, he would sta just like... stared starry-eyed into the distance <laughs> contemplating yes. barbara streisand he would go from like wanting to push the nuclear button to like thinking about Barbara Streisand standing in the moonlight. So I guess thanks to Andrew Lloyd Webber for saving us from <laughs> nuclear apocalypse. And this is just testament to the real power of music, you know? Like, the question it, is, did he actually listen to music from the music man, like the musical? Right. <laughs> oh, we got trouble right here in River City. The capital, the capital T. T. That's rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. He was very maybe, against maybe. music. I don't know if he, I think he likes just like the most basic musicals. Right. Yeah, you know? well, if you look at the the music they played at the rallies and this, it's all of a piece. So, yes, right. Okay, so, well. So at one point, Grisham says, I, quote, I should have spoken up more. <laughs> I'm like, more? <laughs> How about at all? <laughs> like, so. Wait, I so mean, she should have, wait, wait, wait. To be fair, 
<laughs> she was dealing. There's a lot of things she could have spoken about that were relevant that needed to be spoken about in the Trump era. His selection of show tunes is not a particular, while amusing, it's not a particular. <laughs> no, but that's like, not what she's referring to. That's not like the antecedent. <laughs> I should have spoken up about memory. About memory. <laughs> the people deserve to know. What's on his Spotify? (laughs) Well, the funny thing is Obama had a public playlist. He wouldn't update it every month. And like, that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Could you imagine Trump's playlist? (laughs) It would be like (laughs) memories, um, rocket man. We will rock you. Gloria. Gloria. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the only good song in that list. (laughs) Nothing before the year 1980. One, nothing after 1981. Um, anyway, so Stephanie Grisham, you had your moment. You totally shit the bed. I hope nobody buys your stupid fucking book. All the good stuff has already been revealed. Nobody gives a shit about you. Nobody wants to put money in your pocket. So nope, absolutely not. No. Nope. And us talking nope. about it doesn't put money in anyone's pocket since we don't make any money off of this podcast. So Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Okay, no, no. Uh, Speaking about putting money in people's pockets, there's a segue. So, Rachel, you know I'm in tech and media specialty. Yes, um, for a long time. For for many, many years. And there was this company that I've never heard of called Ozzy Media. And I've heard of most companies that are important. And maybe I just, you know, sometimes there's like a company or a thing that you somehow just evades your... I never heard of it either. I had never heard of Aussie media. And I was in the house the other morning and I heard Doug was reading the paper and he called out and he said, hey, did you see this thing about Aussie? And I thought he was talking about the guy on Survivor. There's a very famous Survivor named Aussie. And of course, I'm always thinking about survivors. So I'm like, what did he do? He did. I he, thought like it was about Ozfest. Like Ozzy <laughs> okay. But we have very different frames of reference here. <laughs> Ozzy went on. He, Ozzy has like an Ozzy from Survivor has like an oldie fan, and he does porn now. Oh. So he's very oh, distinguished, cool. right? So, um, <laughs> so, um, so I looked into it, obviously, and it's a general interest website. It's a media publishing online media publishing company, and they have a newsletter and they have video content, um, and a lot so of their like Vox or something. Yeah, yeah, but like a, a poor poor man's Vox, right? They tried. Right. They came around the same time, uh, like 2013, as Mike and MIC and, and places like that. So yeah. a lot of their video views come obviously through YouTube. <clears throat> so um, wait, I, I got I got ahead of myself here. So like, <laughs> I got ahead of myself. That's, that's who Ozzy is. So I, I looked that up and the detail, I'll tell you the story, but the details started trickling out and the story started metastasizing. So this was in the New York Times, right? It was it's in the like New York this, Times like yeah. three days ago. And right. then it, it like, you know, squared in detail and importance every day, every six hours. And right, because the, end the of revelations the week, just were building kept coming. on each yes. other. And yeah. by the end, it's going to be the size of the universe by the end of the month. <laughs> You're going to be swallowed like, up right. into Aussie media. Right. So it's now like a, it's a full blown national crisis. Like this puts <laughs> like the debt ceiling and Brian Laundrie to shame. Like, I know. <laughs> America is captivated. And it might be headed to the level of the Fire Festival or Theranos that you wrote about this week. Um, and Rachel, it involves someone I went to college with, the CEO uh, and founder of Aussie Media, Carlos oh, Watson. Yeah, surely he is. Um, He's a little bit of a show boner back then, too, right? <laughs> so this story, this story, I have to, I have to give back my Harvard degree. For shame. <laughs> right. We should both just like throw them <laughs> Rip into up like our, a have a bonfire. <laughs> All that work for our Ivy League degrees. Okay, so um, this is such a big story. I'm going to tell it in three acts. Okay, been a long time it's an since opera. we did a it's... three acts. Right. Okay, first act is the actual original story. Okay, so Ozzy was meeting with Goldman Sachs. They had raised, I think. Hundred and thirty-five million dollars, eighty-three, uh, eighty-three million dollars from like uh, an all-star cast of venture capitalists and strategic partners and okay. so forth. And of course, they needed another forty million from Goldman Sachs. And since a lot of the value of the franchise is based on their YouTube relationship, Goldman Sachs was having a conference call with a guy from YouTube named Alex Piper, who is the head of unscripted programming at YouTube, and. Um, like a guy from Ozzy? No. 
a guy, the, the guy, Alex Piper, the guy from YouTube, said, this is a very confusing story, said he was running late and was having trouble logging into Zoom, and therefore they had to switch to the phone, to a regular phone conference So call. this is very suspicious that a YouTube executive would be having <laughs> trouble, trouble logging, logging into, into Zoom. Okay. Like, so I mean, I've called people person. on the phone, but what was the last time you did a conference call on the phone? Been a long, long time. Long time. Right, okay. Yeah. So the guy got on from YouTube, said Ozzy was amazing on YouTube. It was like a huge property on YouTube. Kept praising the CEO, Carlos Watson, said he was amazing. But then something strange happened. His voice changed. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's this not like, like the Elizabeth Holmes <laughs> story. It's not like he hit puberty and his voice like went up an octave. It deepened. <laughs> It just kind of got like pixelated or something. Um, and um, it, it, they said as if it was digitally altered. Um, so the Goldman Sachs analyst, uh, she decided she was going to look into this because it was a very strange call. And Piper, the YouTube guy, had provided a Gmail email at the beginning. But the Goldman Sachs person says, this sounds fishy. I'm going to contact him at his YouTube address, which is like the one we have on file. As this Goldman visit. Sachs person is a real uh, Columbo. Whistleblower. <laughs> <laughs> Columbo. One more thing about that email address. <laughs> So when Piper, the YouTube executive, got this call from the Goldman Sachs, he was very confused. He said uh, that you and I have never spoken before and I wasn't at any meeting and that it must have been an impersonator. Okay. So some, someone, someone from Aussie Media or related presumably, to, right, impersonated, impersonated through some sort of digitally altered voice. And as a rank amateur, it gave like a fake Gmail address and just like amateur hour all around. But the stakes were very high because this was a call Oh, no, it was a 40. When like, it's tell, like, trust me, when you, I've raised money like this. When you raise $40 million, like every conversation you have is like under oath, basically. Like if you misrepresent anything about the company, like you could be going to jail, right? right. If that deal closes, right? right? So, um, so the, the line that they say is YouTube security started an investigation. <laughs> so I want to know who is YouTube security and how do you get that job? Like, well, I'm sure they, they have to deal with this. Right. People impersonating their executives. <laughs> it's like rampant problems. <laughs> so once it, they realized that something was amiss, Carlos Watson jumped in. He apologized to Goldman Sachs. He said the guy that uh, was doing this was Samir Rao, who was a co-founder and COO, who had had a, quote, mental health crisis and then took time off. But it's, everything's okay. He's back at Ozzy now running the show again. Okay. okay so but what kind of <laughs> mental health crisis makes you impersonate a YouTube, a YouTube executive, executive on Through a digitally a altered voice? <laughs> The plot will thicken. Um, so the board member, the board circled ranks like they said the board was made. The board member said the board was made aware of the incident and we fully support the way it was handled. The incident was a one time event. So nothing to see here, folks. Samir is back running the show. OK. OK. So let's now we're in act two. That's the end of act one. Hmm. Act two. Digging deeper. The investigation begins. Right. Okay. So now everyone's hackles are raised. Up and up. Like, yeah. what, what's the metaphor? Hackles are up in a frenzy. <laughs> what do hackles get? Raised. They just raised. get raised without an object. <laughs> they don't fall. They only go up. <laughs> I've never seen someone lowering their hackles. <laughs> you could throw off your shackles. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, hackles have been raised. <laughs> Shackles have been bound. Um, okay, so I told you Aussie Media started in 2013. Carlos Watson, after he went to Harvard with me, went to Stanford Law. He was at McKinsey and, ironically, at Goldman Sachs. He was an MSNBC anchor for a hot minute. Um, I told you the company raised $83 million in, uh, in VC. And in 2019, they said they had 50 million monthly unique users. But that's a lot of users. Like that's for a lot of users for something you, we've never heard of. <laughs> two people who have been in media for, for over 20, 20 years, years each. We none of us, neither of us has ever seen any content. From I couldn't this. tell it from a reality reality star porn OnlyFans person. I've, That's what yeah. I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um 
I'm curious to see it. If anyone has his password, let me know. Um, but uh, okay, so 2017, BuzzFeed ran an expose about Aussie media. And they said that the traffic came from low quality sources like pop unders, which is when an ad shows up and it's under the browser window you're looking at, yeah. you don't even notice it, and autoplay that's running in the background. And so Ben, what's his name? The guy that reported the- Ben Smith. Ben Smith. He discloses this, but of course, uh, Ozzy went bananas over this. He was actually the editor-in-chief of BuzzFeed at the time, so he had commissioned the story, presumably. He was involved right. in acquisition talks that had failed where BuzzFeed was going to buy Ozzy Media, and he had been a guest on one of Carlos Watson's shows. Um, so there's all kinds of conflicts here, but at least Ben Smith is upfront and discloses them. But he said that what they were, I yes. don't think it was bad. Like, no. you know, no, and it's not, there's no yeah. reason for him to have a grudge against them in any, and way. there's no reason for him not to cover this. If he reveals what his relationship was, Correct. you know, Correct. And I think, yes, I think he's precluded from writing detailed story about Buzzfeed, but Buzzfeed is a That's tangential fine. player in this. He could yeah. quote a story that was in Buzzfeed. Okay. Exactly. So, yes. uh, so a little more digging what are the real traffic numbers of Aussie media Comscore, which you know is like the nielsen ratings uh, and it's a little out of date it's not the best but it's not nothing said that in june of 2021 just now uh Aussie had not 50 million users but 230,000. Mm. um that's off by a mm. factor of <laughs> <The> rounding error <laughs> 200 i don't even know what it is what the number is okay that's, yeah okay so, that's bad. Uh, carlos watson had an explanation for this. Um, <laughs> it was kind of a non sequitur. He said, it's the result of our team acting pretty fearlessly to launch and grow five news, <laughs> five newsletters, 12 TV shows, six podcasts, four <laughs> annual festivals starting next year, and the Aussie Genius Awards. Let's break that down. I've never second. heard of any of these things. They're, basically, they're sending out five different emails. Yes, for, for probably for free. And like, we know people who have started emails that are much ado about nothing. It does just yeah. get a sub stack. It's no big deal, right? 12 TV shows, which could be a YouTube it could be a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, for all we know. Six podcasts. We know that like we spend two hours a week on this podcast. So they have $73 million in the bank. It's no big deal to start six podcasts. Four annual festivals that haven't started yet. And the Aussie Genius Awards. <laughs> Which, what the fuck? <laughs> I would, if I got an Aussie Genius Award, I would give it I would back. give it back. <laughs> With my Harvard degree and your Cornell degree. I would be like, One I big cannot. bonfire. <laughs> I I cannot go. I don't want to have anything to do with this. <laughs> no, okay. So this isn't even the most galling part. I'm coming to the end of this thing here. So okay. the most galling part is Carlos Watson's alleged ego-driven celebrity. So and, and the way he propped up Ozzy in the media. So he liked to say that his show was Amazon Prime's first talk show. The only problem being it's not on Amazon Prime. It's on some like third derivative video direct product that's like a YouTube add-on. Like when you subscribe to YouTube, you get some like bonus content and it's like buried in the bonus content there. So Amazon threatened them uh, and said that was, uh, you know, improper and they, and, yeah. they, and they took it down. Then he claimed <laughs> that it was the fastest growing talk show in YouTube history. I don't know a lot of talk shows on YouTube, but sure, fastest growing. <laughs> and apparently this came from an introduction that someone made during an appearance on Good Morning America. And then when asked to clarify what that actually meant, fastest growing talk show in YouTube history, he said, it, we have more views than any other premium daily talk show we've been able to identify that was launched on YouTube. We've been able to identify. <laughs> right, that's the key, right? There are others hiding in plain sight. Um, so, and so this is an executive from their own company. They're quoting an executive, executive from, their, from own their own company, company saying this on Good Morning America. Yes, and okay. that's when he has to backpedal it. He, that he offers that clarification. <laughs> then it's obvious that something is amiss because a lot of these videos have more than one million viewers, but they only have a hundred comments which is uh, not a thing. 
right? that doesn't have, no. no that doesn't that you get a hundred comments on like a on a tweet you do like that's yeah. that's nothing right um and then they like he has all kinds of vanity shows so he has like 10 different shows that are all starring him he has one called third rail with ozzy that actually was syndicated and ran on pbs he has something on the oprah network called black women own the conversation despite the fact that he's not a black woman and that show somehow won an emmy so he is an Emmy Award winner for his chicanery. Okay. okay. So that's the end of Act 2. Act 3 is the aftermath. <laughs> the aftermath okay. is that Goldman Sachs took no action. But Google <laughs> alerted the FBI. And the uh -huh. FBI is investigating. They contacted Goldman Sachs. It could be grounds for all kinds of criminal charges, wire, security fraud, and a civil suit from the SEC. Their star talent, other than Carlos Watson, is Caddy Kay, who had spent th uh, three decades as an anchor on BBC News. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she was. She left journalist. BBC to go to Aussie Media. What? How did they? <laughs> I guess that's where the seventy-three million dollars. <laughs> it's all Caddies. <laughs> Caddy's salary. Caddy's kitty. Um, and uh, they had a documentary that was supposed to air this week on A&E called Voices Magnified Youth Digital Crisis. There's only one digital crisis going on, and it's Aussie media. So that was canceled. And, you know, I was reminded of the article you wrote that was just published today, I think, about Elizabeth Holmes. And part of yeah. her defense is like mental d disease or defect that, that Sonny Balwani was so abusive and controlling that her mental state was impacted. So like, right. and I think your point is like, that's nonsense, right? Well, it's just that whether she, I don't want to like sit here and say this woman was not abused. I don't know whether she was or wasn't. How does that link to lying to your investors, the board of directors and employees and about the fraud. efficacy <laughs> of, of blood testing technology? Like it just doesn't. Likewise for traffic number, whether you were for Amazon's for first numbers, premium, yeah. premium talk show host launched during a full moon. <laughs> And in so, a leap right. year right. and so now they're gonna claim like mental distress <laughs> for like inflating their numbers this is now a thing okay so nope to Aussie media nope to carlos watson um doesn't matter we weren't classmates he was a year older than me but um don't call me don't call me i don't, don't want to hear no, from you no no absolutely no. not and and this will continue that we'll we'll oh this we'll is a, stay a story for the yeah. ages there will be yeah. uh, the charges will be pressed okay nope okay <laughs> okay rachel let's uh, you, you have some elizabeth holmes content yeah i do have said, some no. yes i i mean i just can't get enough information about elizabeth holmes i don't know about you who can but, who like, can i cannot it's I, you know, so I wrote this piece about it, and I'm listening to two separate podcasts about it. One is by the. It's Wall funny because Aussie Media has six podcasts. Has six, so it, but they're not zero. Are about Elizabeth Holmes, so they're out of luck. Too close. Um, yeah, so one of the two podcasts is um, by John Carreyrou from the Wall Street Journal, and it's called Bad Blood, The Final Chapter. And the other one is from ABC, and it's called The Dropout, and they're both fantastic, highly recommend. And I'm just like, shoot all of the Elizabeth Holmes information right into my veins. I want it. So if you forgot who Elizabeth Holmes was, just in brief, she was this wonderkind founder and CEO of a hot Silicon Valley biotech. I think you should do this in her voice, please. <laughs> she dropped out of Stanford <laughs> at 19. That's really good. Held. That's really what I know. She, like. <laughs> <laughs> she was hailed as the, the second coming of Steve Jobs. She even wore the same Izzy Miyake turtlenecks as Steve Jobs wore. She deepened her voice to sound like a man, which is truly insane. <laughs> um, now I can't stop talking like this. So sorry. <laughs> okay, but so. <clears throat> As for what the company did, they had these little things that they called mini labs that they said could diagnose hundreds upon hundreds of medical conditions from a single drop of blood. The problem is that it is scientifically impossible to do that. <laughs> and Elizabeth Holmes has now been indicted for 12 counts of fraud. And if she's found guilty, she faces up to 20 years in jail. But Elizabeth Holmes is... I would say a, a toxic optimist. She she never sees <laughs> the downside. And I think a sign of that optimism is that amid all of this chaos, she decided to have a baby. Like when she's looking down the barrel of like 20 years in jail. A, so finer, bringing... a finer mother there has never been. <laughs> never. 
mother of the year. So she's bringing this baby to court every day to garner sympathy from the jury. She's oh, this is like what Roxy Hart did in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Pregnancy. Yeah. Erica Jane <laughs> starring on Broadway. Awesome. A great faker, yes. <laughs> so, but she played Roxy Hart on she Broadway. She actually did, yes. yes I know. Yeah. So anyway, so Elizabeth Holmes is this, you know, trying to play herself off as this struggling new mom. And the father of the baby is this super rich, actually kind of handsome San Diego hotel magnate named Billy Evans, who's eight years younger than her, and how this woman managed to find a husband such as this after being indicted for fraud will never cease to after amaze After she me. was indicted. So, yes. right. So, this is this and woman. Who probably be going to prison. And yes. he basically either agreed or was tricked into fathering a child with her. Yes. And now she's I'm gonna... sure he's a world-class intellect and very emotionally stable. <laughs> Um, right. I mean, I'm sure she's going to bamboozle his whole family for like half of everything they she own. She already has, I'm sure. She already yeah. has, yeah. So so that's the basic background on who Elizabeth Holmes is and what her whole deal is. So the trial, which kicked off in earlier in September, has been a total circus with women showing up dressed as Elizabeth in her blonde bun and turtle Oh, so it's like, They're- wait, it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show? Like people coming as... Elizabeth as Holmes. Elizabeth, they're calling themselves the homies. Oh, God. Uh, yes. Oh. And then there's like this guy, this like mystery guy in a Patagonia puffer jacket and a and a baseball cap who was there every day during jury selection, just hanging out with the press, showing up super early. At one point, he pulled out a Rice Krispie treat and it was <laughs> it's like the, it's like the mango with Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> the mango? Yeah, she went on jury duty, and the guy next to her, like while they're in court, like takes out a mango like and starts mango. filling a mango. Yes, that's a classic. I bet episode. that happened to one of the writers. <laughs> of course. How show. do you think of that? Right. So, so he pulls out a Rice Krispie treat, and like it's like that cellophane wrap. It's like very noisy. The reporters were so pissed off they couldn't hear anything the judge was saying. And then when a reporter turned around and asked him who he was. Because he didn't seem to be taking notes or doing anything. He said his name is Hansen and that he fixed up old cars for a living and that he was there as a media watchdog. And then someone <laughs> what do they need watching? Like, right right. And then, so- <laughs> then someone asked him if he knew Elizabeth Holmes. And he said, quote, do I know her? Does anyone know her? What does it mean to even know someone? It's like a Buddhist koan. Like, what is the sound of one? hand clapping right so then like the opening arguments begin and here's Hanson he shows up again but this time he's wearing a suit and he's among the relatives escorting Holmes into the building oh okay so maybe he's a so, plant or who knows so a CNN reporter noticed his Starbucks cup and it didn't say Hanson it said Bill and the guy was wearing these like Italian like Ferragamo expensive loafers and it turns out that Hanson is Bill Evans, Elizabeth Holmes's new father. <laughs> and so he's just like kind of sneaking into court. Like Why can't pretending. he reveal himself? Why does he need to be <laughs> like, this is like a, a bridge too far. Like why? Why can you just say who you are? Like I don't know. It's, it's just like anybody in, Elizabeth Holmes's orbit just starts to tell they must bamboozle insane like, lies. They can't can't stop, won't contagious. stop. Like this isn't a dog, it's a wolf. Like my revenue is a hundred million. No, it was actually ten thousand dollars. I like, think it she, might actually be contagious. Maybe she knows Carlos Watson. Maybe maybe yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he was so, perfectly normal and then and then he came into contact with her and like the lying virus spread so i just i don't understand why he called himself hansen like do you think it's like like after mbop the like 90s kids group yeah it's possible or that a famous spy like a famous spy hansen i don't know some hansen guy i don't know from the 90s or 2000s um jim 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 henson maybe maybe he admired the muppets he was a big muppets fan Clearly. There you have it. Story over. Clearly a Muppets fan. So, so I don't know. I mean, I don't 
Hansen. This is going nowhere, but okay. nope to Hansen. Okay. That... And we'll, like this trial's still going on, and there's going to be insane things every week. So we will. Yes. We will and can we plug? Can we plug your story that was published? Yes. Today? Oh, you yes. I will link. To, I will link to it in the show notes, and um, it's it's about Elizabeth Holmes and how her whole legal strategy is. Um, you can't touch this, like the MC like Hammer the song, song that like she <laughs> danced to. Um, back the Conversationalist is like a bubbling up kind of really interesting media property, right? It's like uh, it's uh, it's a fifty a million dark, dark uh, horse. It's a dark horse. It's like it's, it's like, Ozzy. It's the fastest. <laughs> what Ozzy always it's the fastest growing it talk show on Hulu plus minus <laughs> plus. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a great uh, website. So um, okay. check it out. Okay. Great. Okay, so that's a nope. Uh, here's my final nope. So um, it's about real estate, one of our favorite topics. And you well know, having bought and sold real estate, that listings, they're like marketing documents. They're not supposed to be that much factual. It's really like they call a tiny apartment. They call it bijou or cozy. There's an and art to it. There's, there's an a, art to it. An art yeah. and a science, right? So <laughs> <laughs> the science of real estate marketing. So this is one you would think the headline says it all. 4135 Elliott Island Road, which is in Maryland, $14.8 million, 14 beds, 18 baths. Okay. 18 baths? <laughs> well, first of all, where are these extra bathrooms? But okay. So you would think you're getting a picture of what this is. <laughs> it's um now never mind. So I looked up where it is. It's on the eastern shore of Maryland. And uh Shout out to Adam, who has a lovely home in a lovely town in the Eastern Shore that I've been to quite a few times. That said, there's probably nothing on the Eastern Shore of Maryland that you should pay $14 million for. Like, it could be a lovely property. Push comes to shove, it's still on the Eastern Shore of Maryland. Well, those zebras are still running wild. <laughs> That's a different part. It's on the Western Shore of oh, okay. Maryland. <laughs> right, if it comes with the zebras, it might be. Yeah, we have a lot of Maryland content this month. Yeah. Okay, no, this company, you think that's all you need to know? No, this property description is a masterpiece <laughs> of, I don't know what. So I'm going to quote liberally from it. <clears throat> Artfully assembled over the course of a decade, Steam Mill Farm consists of six parcels with three contiguous waterfront properties situated on 998 private acres with 8,005 feet of shoreline each with beautifully interconnected private lanes. The compound is comprised of six houses and cottages with extraordinarily extraordinary accessory structures. Uh, parcel one, they talk about what all the different uh, things have. Parcel one has two, out, two outstanding houses, waiting pool plus an office studio cottage and tasteful outbuildings, a magnificent waterfront horse barn, because you really need a waterfront horse barn equipped with <laughs> state-of-the-art equine features. Like, okay, sounds fabulous, you got my attention. Yeah. What else he got? Okay. What else? <laughs> then, <clears throat> travel on to parcel two. That was just parcel one. Travel on to parcel two and find, the. imagine if you will, the deep water dock and dock house, along with another finely appointed one-bedroom house. Along the way, one finds a <laughs> handsome equipment shed. <laughs> handsome <laughs> equipment shed. Housing state-of-the-art farm and maintenance equipment. So okay. I love so that this that is like a, this is like the, yes, it, it conveys. This is like a walking tour. It's like you go through the museum or like a, right. a historic house, like travel on to parcel two. Okay, so it's a walking tour. Now the tour continues. Over a small bridge to parcel three <laughs> sits another architecturally significant four-bedroom house with pool and pool house, as well as a one-bedroom enchanting cottage. A befitting caretaker residence is distant yet accessible. What is a befitting caretaker residence? Like befitting for caretaker? Befitting a caretaker? Does that mean it's good or bad? <laughs> like it's... it's probably, it mean, I think it means it's not as good as everything else. <laughs> it's just good enough. It's good befitting a caretaker, but not somewhere but you not, would want to live. The owner. Right. It's distant, but not too distant. You don't have to smell them. Okay. It's close enough, but <laughs> not they can, too close. That they can come yeah. running when you ring the bell. Um, <laughs> the unparalleled detail of this farm can be seen in the handmade bricks to the finest of paint. Use both of the finest of paint. Finest. Handmade both. bricks? <laughs> Is anyone ever like, I need a house? <laughs> 
but I need but my one thing. Right. The one thing that I must have is handmade bricks. <laughs> okay, it gets worse. Miles of fencing enclose this compound for both agriculture and sport. Miles of fencing? How many... I don't know. <laughs> what are they doing? Hoarding zebras? Like good fences make good, good neighbors. neighbors. The, the problem good... is I don't think there are any neighbors. No, no. Hunting Steam Mill Farm is a sportsman's dream. Fishing and riding are among other pursuits. More than suitable for large families, corporate retreats, sporting clubs, or just life on life's terms. What is life on life's terms? Who wrote this? Was this written in a foreign language? <laughs> Translated? Either that or it was written by like a freshman English major who like yeah. was said like write the world's most creative, pers like a persuasive writing class from someone who just learned English. Right. right. Okay. okay. But the final sentence is the closer. This is so when we're teaching entrepreneurs to sell, right, we always say stop at yes. Like when you've made your argument and the client says yes, stop talking because you can only dig yourself into a hole. So right. I feel like they close the deal right there. Right. If you, yeah. if you have everything you need to know, if that's life not, on life's terms, terms whatever boom, that what, means, what, how bigger that it gets. And then there's one final sentence, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, <laughs> with powerful, <laughs> with powerful new social forces gripping the U.S., <laughs> this property provides an optimum time to meet these challenges. <laughs> okay, I'll get to the grammar in a second, <laughs> but <laughs> how does having eighteen? bathrooms <laughs> protects you from the powerful new social forces gripping the u.s rachel's crying everybody <laughs> I, just I think i think we need to pull our resources and buy this property this could be the no pals right let's start before a patreon we default, start a patreon before the u.s default. <laughs> at least we'll have What's it called? Uh, no, we'll have sorry. Steam Mill Farm. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have uh, caretaker quarters that are befitting and distant yet accessible. <laughs> I mean, in what sense? I mean, is that okay. code for like this is a doomsday prepper property? It, yeah, I think so. I think it's like we're all we're going down. Like, come wait, on, okay, come and I, I can't let this final clause the grammar. This property provides an optimum time. It's not optimum time. It provides an optimum is like a company. This prov property provides an optimum time. And a property doesn't provide the time. The it property provides a provides place. Place or an opportunity. <laughs> not, it's, it's not, not a time. time. <laughs> so, but maybe is this property like sort of <laughs> connected to the space-time continuum? Is it? No, at, like, I think it sounds like it's one of those like science fiction. Like the isn't that in Doctor Who? Like where the inside is bigger than the outside. Yes. It sounds yes. like there's so much crammed into this that it it's cannot like be contained by. It's like on the curving by, edge of the universe. It's like it's a wrinkle like in time. It's like a wrinkle in time. <laughs> you could drive past it and you never optimum. even see it it's because it's optimum. <laughs> it's, it's buried in a wrinkle in time. Okay. Nope. To Nope to uh, uh, 14, 4135 Elliott Island Road. Although on the website, you can book, uh, book a, 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 a viewing. I so would I like think, to go see I think it. We should I, think... Take, uh, I think we should take a road trip, stay with Adam, who's probably not that far, and go visit. Uh, we go should do broadcast a live from, <laughs> yes. from the farm. We can put it on Aussie Media. We can... Yes. <laughs> okay. That is more than enough nopes. Wow, this is a long wow. podcast, but it's been worth it for me. Why don't we do the ups? These are the little razor yes. lights, little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, you go first, please. Okay, my up goes to the Indigo Girls. <laughs> I know. Well, that was Josh's Wait, no, it's actually it's actually too. good for it's bad form for us to nope each other's yups, but yeah, that's, that's a rough one for me to like, take. No, well, you know, the only times I've gone out in crowd situations have been for outdoor concerts. Um, first, you and I. Went went to see Hall and Oates at Jones Beach, which was so much fun. And then last week, I went with uh, my good friend Katie Rossman, who's been a guest on this podcast to see the Indigo Girls 
and Ani DeFranco, a double bill in Central Park. And when she asked me if I wanted to go, I felt like my like ovaries had just flown out of my body and were like <laughs> dancing around the room. And um, I was like, fuck, yes, I want to go, obviously. So we went and the whole thing was just really glorious. It was sort of raining. It was a beautiful night. Everyone was vaccinated, even though it was outdoors and you had to show your proof. And like, I don't know, everyone there just seemed so responsible and competent. So I just say yup to the Indigo Girls and yup to Ani DeFranco, still rocking out 90s musical icons and yup to Katie for bringing me along on this Well, here, let me uh, make a gesture. Journey. Obviously yup to Katie, because we love her. And um, yup to uh, any live music, right? And well, Live music, right? And it's, the Indigo it's, Girls it's are very talented from what I've heard. I remember they're very talented. I don't know much from Ani DeFranco or anything, but I'm sure she's talented too. So there you go. I grant you your yup. Not that it's mine to grant Thank or you. withhold. <laughs> um, and my yup <laughs> goes to the San Diego outlier city of Del Mar, California. It's uh, just north of La Jolla, which is so just beautiful. north of San Diego. Yes. It's so beautiful. It's actually a tiny town. It's like 25,000 people or something. And the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills went there on their final trip for this season. And it was a great series of episodes featuring Erica Jane. But the real reason it's an awesome town is that my sister-in-law, Terry Gasterland, is the mayor. The mayor of, of Del Mar. And <laughs> she is um, un second to none in protecting the environment and the ecosystem. And they have these amazing bluffs that are always endangered. And there's these horrible Amtrak tracks that run through it. And I, I don't know the specifics of it, but whenever she describes it to me, it sounds like she's fighting the good fight. So yes. you up to Del Mar and to Terry. Uh, and and uh, the Real Housewives of Beverly for, Hills for picking a fabulous spot too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, in the middle of a visit. pandemic, what a great like sort of localish place to visit. Yeah, I think. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, this has been a long episode, but so worth it. So worth it for me. I had a great time. Um, yes, it was. I mean, it's weird, Brian. You know, we we went to every other week, and I feel like it's almost like too long to wait yet every week feels like too much and if we did like every 10 days that would just be too weird you it know would be very, so it would we be can't very weird. Win. but our ratings have still gone up like yeah it's, it's like are, maybe we're giving them enjoying... just enough it's too it's just too much laughter too much love and laughter for yes. every week you need to ration it out to, to really appreciate what you yeah. have yeah so i feel that way too and honestly yeah. it's a lot of work to do it once a week so i'm i'm very happy with this cadence right now yeah. 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 So look, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review on your favorite platform. Of course, tell a friend in real life because that is far more effective uh, way to spread the great word about Nope. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a terrible, terrible couple of weeks, but uh, we've really enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Close your eyes.